Welcome to Wednesday's Mike Davis Show. This is Mike Davis. We're here in St. Augustine, Florida. We've got Amanda, our producer, with us today. A great guest who you guys are going to love who's been here before. We've got all kinds of fun things to talk about. And I want you to know that our guest and our producer bonded in 30 seconds over <laughs> politics. It was amazing to watch. Just I brought up one thing. They were on the same page. <laughs> all right. We got to uh, thank all of our sponsors, Carmelo's Pizzeria and 123 Burger House. They're on King Street. They're both owned by the Tringali family. They're phenomenal restaurants, whether you want pizza or burgers or anything else. They're absolutely great. Go down there and give them a, a shot. They uh, have the best pizza at Carmelo's. It's not bad at uh, 123 Burger House either. Uh, they offer dine-in, takeout, and delivery through Bite Squad and Grubhub. And the Tringali family would like to thank you for all of your business, and their staff is absolutely amazing. I had lunch at the 123 Burger House yesterday. It was great. Yeah? I did. All right. I've got Solar Stick established in 2006. Solar Stick is a local portable power company proudly committed to American manufacturing, constant innovation, and creating jobs right here in St. Augustine, Florida. Solar Stick's focus on providing solutions for self-sufficiency helps users all over the world complete missions and save lives. Solar Stick, changing lives, saving lives, and reviving American manufacturing. I also have Mike's favorite bank, South State Bank. The team at South State Bank is a group of bankers you can count on. Their approach to building long-term relationships with their customers is the best in the business. If you're looking for a banking relationship you can depend on, check out South State Bank. They've got three locations to serve you in St. Augustine, State Road 312, State Road 16, and The Beach. Or you can visit their website at southstatebank.com. They are a member FDIC. All right, and opening their doors in 2008. Brightway Insurance, the Casey Agency, proudly stood by their customers through hurricanes, major floods, hail, and fires. And through these events, the agency has become a much-needed insurance resource in times of trouble and hardship. Honesty and integrity are the pillars of their core values, says owner Ashley Casey, and they pride themselves on being insurance experts while developing strategies to help their clients meet their insurance needs. And boy, right now, if you have homeowner's insurance and flood insurance and car insurance, you need somebody on your side. So call the <laughs> Casey Agency because they will help you. They're great folks. they got an amazing staff, and we love that they've been our sponsor since the very beginning of mm-hmm. the show. All right, Kevin Sweeney, welcome to the show. Mike, it's good to be it's back. Nice it's nice to have pleasure. you back. Good to see I you again. Still the again. best dressed guy in St. Augustine. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're, appreciate you're, that. You never have to worry when you come on the 904 Now Network. Well. <laughs> <laughs> We're a laid-back crew here. Except I was for fancy Amanda yesterday. yesterday. I, I was fancy yesterday, but if you follow me on Facebook, you know there's a backstory. I had a little Dillinger moment when I walked in yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You were in the red dress, and I thought any minute now the FBI was coming through the door. <laughs> I didn't know if it was for me anything. or for Charles Cox, but I was really worried. Nah, <laughs> we're good. You guys were talking wine yesterday. We're, we're we were talking wine. We got mm-hmm. the whole history of uh, the San Sebastian wine, which is really pretty cool mm-hmm. and neat, and how they uh, kind of blaze their own trail. That was fun for me because I gave tours and tastings at the winery for years, and so getting to listen to Charles give the tour was pretty fun for me. Pretty my, awesome. My favorite part was the distribution. Mm-hmm. Right, the Publix guy says, hey, we'll take your wine. And then they get it in the Publix at the beach, and then it's mm. in three. And then he's doing all the deliveries. <laughs> yeah. And then he has a guy. It was the uh, was it George? Who was the guy that did the deliveries for him? Oh no! Was, um, look at you having a senior I know, moment. I I'm having lady. a senior moment. You put me on the spot because I, I was thinking of he didn't tell the part where he actually would like 
drive the truck yes underage mm-hmm. when they were first starting out in tallahassee because <laughs> they had to get their wines places and they didn't always have a driver and so yeah every now and again charles got to drive the box truck when that he was in his early no teens. wonder he enjoyed delivering to Publix yeah. around here right? so it's, it was a little throwback yeah but, and then all of a sudden he goes and he, he sells off the Hey, we have X number of deliveries, which is far more than what they usually take to find somebody. And they're like, how did you guys do that? Well, we have three trucks and yeah. <laughs> we drive all over the state. Well, I don't have any wine, but after we talk, we may need some bourbon. So we We've might got need that. Some, what is your favorite <laughs> bourbon right now? Um, you know, I, I will always, if I'm just going to go home and have a drink, it'll mm-hmm. probably be Basil Hazen, Hayden. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like the Blantons, and if it's been a tough day... Um, Jack Daniels. There's, there's always something else that's sitting out there for sure. Are you? A Buffalo Trace. Okay. I'm a big Buffalo Trace okay. guy. I think mm-hmm. that we were at, um, I was looking for Blanton's at a bar in uh, Wyoming and had the grumpiest bartender ever. We referred to him as Grumpy Bartender when he walked away. <laughs> he said, why are you drinking that? You need to drink this instead. And he poured some Buffalo Trace. And I was like, man, Grumpy Bartender was really good yeah, at one thing, finding good bourbon. Indeed. He was not good at conversation, but he was really good at finding good bourbon. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Bourbon. We could talk about that for a while. I did uh, with a group of friends of mine. Mm-hmm. There is the uh, the bourbon trail yes. up in Kentucky. We ran the bourbon trail and got to stop at all of the distilleries along the way. Um, did you drink at them while you were we, running? We, you could. I'm, I'm beginning to have more respect yes. for you as a runner. You know, the crazy thing was, is that first I'll say makers had the best experience. Yeah. Um, Buffalo Trace was nice, but just the whole makeup of makers. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the end, because I ran one of the last legs uh, to get us across the finish line, and we kind of finished the last quarter mile as a team. Yep. They get you across the finish line. They give you your medal and stuff. Uh, and then... They put you in this holding pen for about 10 minutes. And mind you, it's, I think it's about. Was Otis, the town drunk, in there too? It could have been. Okay. It's about 214 miles. Mm-hmm. So you've been up all night. You know, you haven't hydrated or eaten well. Yeah. And then they kind of take you to this house that's on the road just past the finish line. And they open up a door and say, okay, for 30 minutes. There's all the distilleries you've been. Yeah. And you nice. can have any alcohol you want. And especially for me, having just finished running, hadn't hydrated. Like at that point, I didn't really know Pappy's from Blanton's to Jack Daniels to yeah. Rock Gut. But you, for 30 minutes, we were just, so it was a good time. I don't remember much after that. <laughs> and we made, we raised uh, uh, money for cancer patients at the time. So, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a great team. No, that, that sounds the like a lot. The Hounds, I think we were called. The Booze yeah. Hounds. The Booze Hounds. Yeah, that would be a fun way to go do the stores. Absolutely. Except for the running. That's true. <laughs> but the running, there's always a drawback. The running. It That's was. kind of like work. Are Justin, you run- Justin Bridenstein from the Ark. Yes. He joined us. Yeah. He was out there running too. If he can do it, you can do it. Oh, I, and, and Justin could do anything. I can do it. I can tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Justin's a great athlete. <laughs> yes. He's a good guy. Are you running in the Bridge of Lions run this year? Um, I don't know. That's typically my birthday weekend. Yeah. So it just depends. I actually might be doing a 50K the week before. So we'll just have to see how it all uh, plays out. Uh, leaving them Up in the South Carolina. I think so it's early this year. It's the 8th Is this it? year. Oh, okay. Because it's usually closer to my birthday. And I'm always trying to get that one run in a year to prove that I can still do a 5K. <laughs> so it's almost time to start training by running 500 That's feet. That's true. And yes. then I'll work my way up from there. Yes. Yeah. That, that race is really... I know everybody is... 
really keen in on our running talk. But that race, I remember when it was in the uh, evening. Yes. It was a great race when it was in the evening. Yeah. Not that it's bad now, but it was just, I think, a lot more fun. You had a sea breeze in the evening. You had a sea breeze. When you run the morning portion of it, and you turn on Inlet Drive. Yes. Yeah, you don't feel like you're in St. Augustine. Like a wall. Yeah, you, you feel like you're somewhere in the desert. Yes. And it's very yeah. tough to start, you know, drinking hard alcohol at 8.30 in the morning after you ran a 5K. It's you're just not old enough yet. It gets easier as you get older. Yeah. It gets much. If you're friends with Troy Blevins, you learn. I'm going to tell you, you learn how. <laughs> I bet you learn a lot when you're friends with Troy. Uh, some things you can never forget. Can we put it that way? <laughs> My friends call that going to the grave. Yeah. Some things you can never yeah. forget. Yeah. I'm still in therapy. I just want you to know. Yes. Hey, so uh, you've been a, you do a lot of work here in St. Augustine. Sure. You, you do a lot of lobbying over in Tallahassee as well. Um, this last session, mm-hmm. I mean, my kind of observation as an outsider and haven't been over there once. Usually, I would go over once or twice a session. Did not go over it all this year. Is that this year's the the um, the House and the Senate seem to get along very well this year, which doesn't always happen, even though it's controlled by the same party. And just looking as an outsider in, it seemed like things went pretty smoothly. Uh, yeah, I think things went smoothly and, and partially good or bad, depending on how you want to look at things. Um, I, I, I think on some level, they decided to go along with whatever the governor wanted to get done mm-hmm. and to help him you know, start his campaign for, for the presidency. Um, and I think because of that, you, you saw the House and Senate trying to work out bills. There was a point where I think, so obviously, if, if you don't know, the House and Senate have individual bills, but they have to align to, to pass out of the mm-hmm. uh, legislature. Um, and when a House bill passes over to the Senate, if the Senate amends it, it then bounces back to the House in messages. Well, this year we kind of had a no-bounce policy that whenever mm-hmm. the House sent something to the Senate or the Senate to the House, they just went along with whatever was sent. Um, and, and that certainly makes things a lot easier because typically that's how bills die. You, you bounce these bills back and forth. Um, so this session we certainly saw bills move throughout the, the committee process mm-hmm. that didn't have a lot of amendments or as they worked their way through the process, if they had two stops in the Senate, three in the house, they were amended to be identical by the time they hit the the, the floor. And that's what we saw. Certainly towards the end when the budget is being pieced together, you know, those that last week or so, there are some differences because uh, president Pasadomo certainly has different priorities than speaker Renner. Uh, when we're talking $120 billion, However, there's enough money there that those priorities are funded in the end, making mm-hmm. sure everybody got what they wanted. But certainly, too, the budget process this year is, went as quickly as I've ever seen it. There was a lot of talk, once again, that session was going to end early because I think the budgets, for the most part, were put together by the House, House and Senate, I want to say by by the end of, end of March, very early April. And technically, the legislature only has to pass one bill. Mm-hmm. throughout session and that's the budget and if they wanted to they could have just met together and, and passed the budget and been gone that first week really before easter yeah so it was it was a different type of set and you could feel it in tallahassee if you were up there you know it, there weren't you know you kind of got a lot of big priority bills like the tort reform bill mm-hmm. some insurance bills passed really really early um in the committee process uh which really began in september 
Those passed, went to the governor. The governor was signing bills as soon as he got them. And uh, so that makes for an easy session when those things happen. Well, and I have to give people on the, on the Republican side, because it, it, it's difficult. Everyone thinks, oh, if you get control of the governor and the House and the Senate of anything, it's smooth sailing. It's not, because personalities get involved, sure. ambitions get involved. Sure. I mean, I can envision that, that it wasn't with this session. Somebody that has political ambitions is like, well, I can, I can really rise my own standard, right? Or my own name recognition if I just fight a little bit with the governor over something that I think is a big deal from a conservative standpoint that the governor's not being conservative enough on. Right. He didn't have any of that. Right. right. No, yeah. Nobody tried to grandstand at all, yeah, you know, which I thought was very interesting. Certainly. In the past, you know, when uh, there was a governor... Uh, Christ and and Governor Bush. What party him. was Chris then again? Yes. Well, that point he was still a Republican, but <laughs> back then, according to you, <laughs> we, back then, you know, certainly that did happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have seen this governor, and and I can remember I was in I was an aide uh, in the House for uh, Governor Bush. Republicans then did a lot of pushback on some of the things mm-hmm. Bush wanted to get done, um, and, and they fought them all the time. There were a lot of bills that died because or vetoed because Bush just had no time for them. But we've seen with this governor in particular to really get involved in local races mm-hmm. and, and come down and get involved in House, Senate races, endorse. Certainly he's done that in school board. Um, I think there were 20 school board members that he tried to flip this past election cycle. So he was certainly in, involved more so than other governors we've seen in the past, at least openly. Certainly mm-hmm. Jeb and Governor Chris got involved behind the scenes, but we saw Governor DeSantis actually come out yeah. and, and go straight to camera endorsing I, candidates. I think he swung the local school board race for Jennifer Collins. I, 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 I think if you looked at the day of vote, Jennifer Collins swamped that because DeSantis, and it was, a, in my opinion, a late endorsement, but it was an endorsement that I thought carried enough weight that, that carried her across uh, finish line. Uh, absolutely. There, there, were, there were certainly some key races, especially in the House, where that late endorsement by the governor mm-hmm. got those people across the finish line. Yeah. yeah I, and, and, you know, you get that kind of help from the governor, you're not likely to tell him no that first session. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. What can I do for yeah, you today, Absolutely. Sir? Absolutely. And, you know, and a majority of the House and Senate leadership now has endorsed mm-hmm. uh, him running for president. Um, and, and that's been interesting because at the state level, they've endorsed DeSantis. Yes. At the national level, they've endorsed Trump for the most part. Yes. Not unit, not across the board, but for the most part. Well, I and I think it makes sense in that when you think about it, if Governor DeSantis runs and loses... Mm-hmm. He is still going to be governor for two years, mm-hmm. and you are still going to have to get budgets and bills past the governor, who perhaps may be a little upset that you, Mike Davis, did not endorse him. And I know this is your for the problem. record that is not true as of yet. <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 we'll veto those bills. So I think certainly, uh, you know, I'm certainly not speaking for any member of the legislature, but you kind of got to go along to get along. Yeah, um, if you're a, a congressperson. The governor can't really touch you because we've already rewritten the maps. It's going to be two more governors before we write the rewrite the maps again. So, well, if I pull the crystal ball out, right, the political crystal ball, which is about worthless, right? It's about like the air I'm, I'm holding in my hand, right? unless you're running out of air, in which case it's really important. But, but when you look at that, if DeSantis loses and comes back the last two years as governor, he's 
going to be the front runner more than likely for 2028. So you're you're not just dealing again with somebody who's governor. You're dealing with somebody potential presidential aspirations. If he wins, there's no telling who he pulls up to Washington D.C. with him. So Correct. either way, if you're in the Florida legislature right now, uh, your best political bet is DeSantis. Yes, but I, I will say though, I think Governor Santos does have a a window of opportunity here. I, I'm not certain that if he does come back, serves two more years, and then has to wait two years to run again. I, I don't know I don't know that he can run for president again. Certainly it's possible. Anything is possible. Look at Mike Pence. He's out there t- trying to do it um, after losing an election. Um, I think it's going to be tough for the governor because this is kind of... Look, I, I, I think a lot of what is going on with Governor DeSantis is they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all... That campaigns are about. You yep. know, it's certainly about money. It's about the candidate because candidates still matter. Mm-hmm. So we've got, you know, a governor who's been able to raise money from corporations and others. You know, he's certainly got the name ID. So he's a candidate who matters and he's been able to show it by passing legislation that was important to him and got it passed and has been able to, able to tout his record. Um, he's got a record budget. My guess is he might set a record for veto. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be able to run on budget vetoes. So he's got all of that. Um, but, you know, it's sometimes lightning in a bottle and you just have, you know, a couple months to, to really make your claim to the presidency. And, and this might be his time. So the other, if you follow the Marvel Universe, right, there's the multiverse, right? So if you start looking at the multiverse out of this as a consultant, right? And, and I'm talking, if I were talking to DeSantis today, right, the, the problem is... If you run and you don't win the nomination, right, and Trump wins in 2024, he can make it so toxic for Republicans in 2028, you don't have a chance, right? If he loses to Biden, right, and you were the runner-up to Trump, you're the best-positioned person to go, look, he ran twice and lost to this guy, and if we're going to turn this country around, you need to pick somebody other than him, plus his age, I think, would exclude him in 2028. Trump, I mean that. So, I mean, you kind of look at this. If you don't get in now and you don't get that name recognition and somebody else catches that lightning in a bottle, right? which I will tell you as, a, as somebody who I think is, is very close to conservative base, I don't know of anybody else besides DeSantis that the base would get behind at this point. I, 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 I will just say, if, if it were me mm-hmm. and I had to pick Trump or DeSantis or the field, I'd probably take the field mm-hmm. um, just because, you know... you. I've been in this long enough to know that, again, a lot of it is lightning in the bottle. And I'm not saying that it's going to be Senator Scott, Tim Scott from South Carolina or Nikki Haley. But there's a number. I I certainly don't think it's Mike Pence. I don't think Mike Pence has a chance. Um, But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there are Republican debates, how Trump and DeSantis go after each other. Mm -hmm. And if there's. Anyone who can emerge, and maybe it's a Chris Christie, I, I don't know, but you're always surprised who may emerge. Because I think last time around, it was um, the senator from uh, Texas. Cruz. Cruz mm-hmm. was the yeah. last man standing. And if going no, in... It I, was John from... He was the governor of Ohio. Yes. Kasich. 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 He Kasich held on the in. longest. He did. He did. <laughs> because what you had last Fat time... Fat lot to get it, did it? Tr- yes. Once Trump became the... The presumptive nominee or the favorite, you had a flavor of the month. 
Yes. You, you had this, Certainly. everybody came up and had a rotation in that, and generally they were taken out of it. Cruz and Kasich, just out of stubbornness, hung on the longest. Right. right? I can tell you right now, uh, Nikki Haley, I don't think, has any chance. Aza Hutchinson doesn't. Mike Pence doesn't have any chance. Yes, Mike no. Pence, I think, is a good person, but I don't think he has any chance swaying the base. Absolutely I, I think he, he carries weight and baggage that the base is upset with him about. Yeah, I don't think Pence can. I don't think Pence can make it through a primary in a South Carolina or in a Michigan. Mm. There's there's places like that where he is going to come in sixth or seventh, and then the money dries up very quickly before you go on to New Hampshire. Yeah. It's going to be just tough for so, him. So I think that the if I'm DeSantis's team, right, I'm counting on okay. If, if we can hold and we're the number two and we can hold number two for several months, the flavor of the month will be for number three, right? For the third place person. And then you hang in there because I, you know, I, I like Trump's policies, but there are tons of Republicans that hate Donald Trump. They mm-hmm. cannot stand him as a person and they will not vote for him Agreed. because of that. And I think that group inside the Republican Party is desperately looking for somebody that they think can beat Joe Biden. I, I, I agree. And I think right now the thought is it's DeSantis. He's he's young. He's he just win he just won a historic election here in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's got all those tangibles that people look for. But I if I were his team, and I think they'll be smart enough to know they cannot go and attack Trump. That that would be a mm-hmm. mistake. Mm-hmm. I think they let their super PAC do that type of attacking and just see what Trump does. It, it seems like Trump certainly, you know, throws bombs towards DeSantis every day. And DeSantis has been very good on his own about not responding to those. Mm-hmm. And that way, I think the best I ever saw was uh, Governor Scott of Florida, who could never be knocked off his message. If you told him today you got to go and talk about the 14 jobs we, you know, created here at Wawa on San Marco Avenue, he would go out there and that's all he would talk yeah. about. No matter what you asked him about, if you asked him he about He was almost oil, a robot. No yes, way. But he could stay on topic. If DeSantis can do that, I think he's got a chance. The question is eventually I think the attacks from Trump wear on people and they have no choice but somehow to defend themselves, unless you're Ted Cruz and he talks about your your wife and your dad and you just let yeah. that go. Um, so I, that's what I'd be looking for. Well, there's a couple of ads, right, watching what's going on. So last night watching um, Gutfeld, one of the ads on Gutfeld was, I didn't watch it last night because it's way too late, I watched it today. Um because I'm a bedtime. Um, you but watch far too many of those shows. I only watch one. Now. Gutfeld's okay. the only okay. one that's left okay. now. Good. Good. I don't have time for the rest of that okay. stuff. Um, but there was a, uh, uh, an anti-DeSantis ad run by Trump, and it was touting that DeSantis wanted a national sales tax at 23%. Now, in Trump's mind, they're attacking DeSantis on taxes. But if you're part of the core base of the Republican Party, you know exactly what that is. It's the value-added tax. You're trying to get rid of income tax. You're trying to make everybody pay some part of taxes. And as I watched the ad, I thought, I I understand where you're at, right? You might pick off some people that aren't savvy, but I think the base Republican voters pretty savvy about that because you had talk radio pumping that for years and Neil Bortz and some of the other ones, right, that these people all listen to. So I think when they see an ad like that against DeSantis, I don't think that it hurts DeSantis the way Trump wants it right. to. And I think there's another ad out where Trump talks about DeSantis 
um, supported cutting Social Security and some of the other safety nets uh, that the government provides, really because, you know, it, that was what the Speaker of the House asked him to vote for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he went along. And again, it goes back to the same thing. Trump is hitting him on an issue that perhaps at the core of the Republican Party, they're for cutting yeah. Social Security entitlements, other type of entitlements. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be interesting. I, I always warn friends of mine, though, to, to realize that, at, you know, all those shows on Fox News and, and Newsmax and all those others, that's not real life. You know, Twitter is not real life. I think especially... What is this Twitter you speak exactly. of? Exactly. <laughs> um, but even, you know, if we look at what happened in Jacksonville a week ago, mm-hmm. you know, with the election there... Mm-hmm. You know, it still comes down to people getting out and, and, and talking and getting their message out. Um, and, and I think that's going to matter in some of these early states. So it'll be interesting to see if Trump starts spending real money on on going out there and, and knocking on doors and, and kind of doing that retail politics. I think which he didn't do last time. He did not, and I think or the time before because he was a different type of candidate. But mm-hmm. I think DeSantis is going to be out there. And he's going to try to do that a little bit more. We've seen that. And I think that will go a long way uh, because you can't keep just throwing. You can't just add your way in. Um, Well, and I thought DeSantis had a brilliant hit this weekend, right? I don't think it was picked up by the major media because they don't want to talk about it. But one of the biggest disconnects for me with Donald Trump and and what I consider the Republican base is the vaccines. Mm -hmm. The most... Uh, the, the largest group that was adverse to vaccine was the Republican base. Trump has touted his work with Warp Speed. DeSantis had a brilliantly worded, I don't think that Warp Speed should trump personal freedom. It was brilliantly worded. It, it was You look at that, you say that spoke to a part of the base um, that is, hey, we love Trump, but we didn't like that. Right. We didn't like where that ended us up. Right. And my freedoms were infringed upon, right? And, so, I, and I think that's sure. a group. That's my thought on the lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. scenario with DeSantis. I agree that he's trying to strike while the iron's hot, and that's why he's going now. I personally wish that he would wait. I wish we could just not have the fight between Trump and DeSantis, but that's just me. But I do think that DeSantis is PR savvy enough that he could weather those two years. If he does a fantastic job finishing out his governorship, even if he loses this time, losing your first time trying to get elected as president, I don't think that necessarily kills your chances in the future. And he's PR savvy enough that, and internet savvy enough, he can meme that he can stay relevant and he can stay connected. I do feel like since Trump is off Twitter, he's less relevant and he's less on message. His message isn't hitting the same way. And to your point, Mike, um, there is one national Republican that's holding out a little endorsement for the time being. Who's that? Little Marco. Little Marco? He has not endorsed yet. Well, he could, he could get some revenge, right, if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and there's probably more than one guy in Washington politics that if they saw Trump starting to go down, wouldn't mind helping to dig the grave. Oh yeah, I, I don't think we'd ever see Speaker Rubio do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think he'd ever throw dirt on on Trump's grave like that. I, I, I just, I just want to say again, two years is a long time. It is a long time. Wilderness, um, money dries up. I think if you are seen as someone who has lost, maybe come in third place to Trump, it's 
it's just not your time. And maybe at that point you run against a Marco or a Scott and try mm-hmm. to get in the Senate and maybe <laughs> come back that way. But mm-hmm. I just, it is very hard. We, we, I, the amount of politicians who think they can go away for two years and come back, it's, it's. So I, I have a theory on that, right? And, and I think the longer people are in politics, the less popular they become. Sure. Right? Sure. If you look at four of the <clears throat> last five presidential elections, right? And you can count, um, and some of these will overlap with, with multiple terms, right? New and shiny was the thing that got voted for up until this last election. There's nothing new and shiny about Joe Biden, right? Nothing new and shiny. He's been around a long time, right? He was, but Clinton beats H.W. Uh, Bush. He's new. He's the new thing, right? Uh, George W. Bush beats out two Democrats because he was the newer kind of thing, right? Hey, he's a different kind of person. Obama beats Hillary Clinton and then uh, McCain and and Romney, right? Mm -hmm. Knocks Mm -hmm. both of them out of it. He's the new shiny thing. Trump comes along. He's the new shiny thing. Uh, Biden is the first one in a while. DeSantis, to me, has the ability to, to be in that path and be the only one in that path because the Democrats are going to nominate Joe Biden. I, I, again, I see your point, but I know just being involved in so many campaigns, mm-hmm. there, there's more to it than just, than just that. There's so much that goes into it. You've mm-hmm. got to stay on your message. You have to raise all that money to get your message out. You ha- candidates matter. And, and mm-hmm. certainly you went down a list of, of, of good candidates. Look, I, I think on many levels, Trump was a good candidate for the Times and had he run against perhaps anybody but Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. he would have lost. Mm-hmm. So again, it's sometimes you know it's like it's like football. It's who you're matched up with. Matchups yep. matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same with ask with, the Lakers, right? With, with <laughs> President Obama and and John McCain. You know, I think uh, again, matchups there mattered. It would have been interesting to see a Mitt Romney versus Obama one. Uh, I think it, it could have been a little bit different had you had a businessman run against President Obama at a time when our economy was dropping off a cliff. Had Romney been there, perhaps you see a different race. Maybe you don't. Steve Shale, who's a friend of mine who runs a Biden super PAC, yeah. he would tell me I'm out of my mind. But perhaps I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy I'm gonna agree with Steve. Okay. Yeah. Guy knows Steve, right? That was a Barack Obama was a generational vote. Absolutely. And, and people voted on that because it was a yes. generational they vote. They voted to be on the right side of but history. It, but it certainly helped that you had in McCain, you know, the stock market. You know, I, I still remember seeing McCain on TV saying, you know, the fundamentals and everything's fine. And you look in the corner and the stock market is down 942 points and still dropping. You know, I think a lot of those things still matter to people who, unlike us, don't pay attention every day and mm-hmm. they don't know what's what's mm-hmm. going on here mm-hmm. or there. There are people who are going to walk into a booth and they're going to vote Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter what names are on there. Yeah, and I think the moderates looked at that race. And they said, well, the Republicans have been in charge for eight years and they sure. tanked the economy. And I'm going to vote for this other yes. guy for yes. a lot of other reasons, too. Yes. And, and I think at that point in time, the race was over. McCain well, was not. And McCain was not neither McCain nor Romney was what the base of the Republican Party wanted. And the base of the Republican Party is very far away from the donor class of the Republican Party. But I but I, I but McCain still are um, Romney still fumbled. 
I remember watching that debate and Romney thought he had it in the bag and he tried to be the nice guy and just go along to get along. He didn't want to trounce Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to look like the mean guy and he fumbled it. Well, he, it was his to win. Certainly, they had lots of fumbles on that campaign. But again, I think candidates like that are looking to go towards the center. They move mm-hmm. toward the center. The smart ones move toward the center. So at least the people in the center give them a chance. Or people who, if you're a Republican and you're on the fence and think, well, maybe you don't want to get too out of control, so then I would never vote for you. You know, It's like very few Republicans are ever going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope not. But, but <laughs> you know, hope it's, not. So you have to be. But he is one of the most successful matter. capitalists in the country right now. Absolutely, he's is. doubled his salary writing books I and think, charging money to come here and I speak think about Elizabeth the books. Warren is as well. <laughs> so I'm going to leave those comments alone. I'm going to try to be nice today. Fair, but fair. yes. All right. Um, we talked about that. Um, I have kind of a, a crazy question for you guys okay so I, I get thinking i watch social trends and all these things that are going on right so bud light has a, a problem right small one a small one but donald trump went on cnn since donald trump has been on cnn cnn's numbers are down as much as bud light sales <laughs> are down so is donald trump the dylan mulvaney mm. of, of the CNN, left <laughs> right i mean you have cnn in total turmoil the reporters are mad at the, excuse me, the alleged reporters are mad <laughs> at the management because I don't think they've done any real reporting in a while. The management is is trying to turn the course with CNN, right? And then you have all the viewers that are like, I'm leaving yeah. because Donald Trump was on the network. It has been amazing to me to watch what that's done to CNN's numbers. I think they had less than 500 or 600,000 people watching one night. And I think it's funny. I think he got that night CNN bumped to 3.3 million. I, the odd thing I think about what we're seeing in cable news is all the audiences are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I mean, you look at, you know, DeSantis is going to make his big announcement on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It sounds like Tucker Carlson is about to showcase his new show on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like Daily you know, Wire just announced they're going to Twitter. Okay, also. So everybody is starting to slowly but surely and we're kind of moving away from our televisions. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's just it's very different. It's it's very it's certainly very different than when Trump ran for the first time. Yes. And all, all you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, certainly those big three needed Trump in some way. Well, I, I think that the I think Trump hoodwinked MSNBC and CNN, right? Because they figured if we could just get that guy out of the seventeen nominees to be the Republican, pre- Hillary will crush that guy. They were a hundred percent behind Trump until he became the nominee, and then they did the typical rope a dope, shifted, yes, and started bashing him. But it was too late. He already had momentum at that point, right? And, and I, I have no numbers to back this up, um, but I'm going to guess the Republican debates from that cycle had to be the highest debate numbers we've seen because everybody was, I remember being in, in Tallahassee at a restaurant and people were watching the debate on their phones mm-hmm. because everyone wanted to see who Trump was going to destroy that night yeah. or who yeah. was going to tangle with him and yes. try, to, try to fight him. And, you know, 
that's where the little Marco came from. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, the beatdown of Cruz and, and low energy Jeb. Yes. I mean, he took Jeb out now. And, and, and I will tell you, I was going to meetings at that point in time, local. There were people a year before Jeb ever announced that were showing up to local Republican club meetings with their own homemade Jeb sticker yes, with a absolutely. circle around and a line. To, and I'm trying to tell people that are in the consulting class, you don't understand how mad Mm-hmm. The base is at Jeb, and they all found out really rather yes. quickly. Yes, over because Jeb was taking some positions that were 180 degrees from where his base was, and I think Trump was listening to talk radio at that time, or Certainly. had people listening and trying to tap into those emotions. Well, look, Trump had a high-rated uh, TV show at the time. He mm-hmm. is he is a fantastic carnival barker really when it comes down to it he Mm -hmm. is going to give you exactly what you order wherever you show up wherever you go be it a field Mm -hmm. or an auditorium he is going to give you what you came there for and you're going to go home happy Mm -hmm. everybody goes home happy if you go see jeb or cruz or even joe biden on some level you know they're going to stick to their talking points. They're going to say what they say. Yeah. They're going to take their pictures and they're going to jump on the plane and go to the next one. Uh, where Trump is just, he's different. He's a different politician. And I think, especially in that cycle, people did not know how to attack mm-hmm. someone like that. You mm-hmm. have someone like Speaker Rubio, who has you know, been part of the political class forever. Same with Ted Cruz and many others. You know, that the, that certain respect mm-hmm. that you show each person as they speak. <laughs> yeah. Trump did none of that. And mm-hmm. I think that caught them all off guard. I'll give you an example. How many movies have we seen as kids who are growing up when they're starting to fight and they do the marks of the Queensberry rules? Yes. And the guy kicks the other guy square between the legs and then the fight's yes, over, right? Exactly. That was Donald that Trump was at it. every debate. That was it. There's yes. rules we're playing by. I ain't playing yes. by your rules. He's not playing by the rules. <laughs> and he showed that throughout. Yes. <laughs> I will not play by the rules. And whatever I say, I'm standing behind it tomorrow. Yes, exactly. I'm, Maybe not the next day, but, but tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> but he was allowed to do that, too. Typically, politicians are not allowed to change their minds. Mm-hmm. If you change your mind, I'm going to run mail TV and doors against you, mm-hmm. letting everybody know that you flipped. You're a flip flopper. Yeah. Trump was allowed to do that time and time again. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's. I think it's going to be. I think personally, media is dying for this to start because I do think all of media and people are sick and tired of watching people argue. Yes, right. They're sick and tired of the point counterpoint. It's been going on since the 1970s. It's old. It's tired. It's worn out. That's the only thing that the network seemed to be able to program. Um, when it was an honest debate between two different people, that was fine. That went away probably in the 2000s after the Iraq war started. And ever since then, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. You know, and part of it is, and I will admit, I don't watch a lot of television. Um, I watch, Which King is the- why you're a learned, smart man. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I watch like an hour of King of the Hill reruns. Uh, every night from like seven thirty to eight thirty, and that's is that on that geo. Is that on that geo? It's on uh, Cartoon <laughs> Network. I think big actually, propane man, that. are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, and propane accessories. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's we live in a society now. You mentioned the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. What was the to me anyway the Iraq War and how it was different from all the other wars we fought before then? That was fought on TV. Mm-hmm. Like we watched that war play out on TV. Mm-hmm. From then, we kind of gravitated to reality TV, and everybody knows if you want to be a reality TV star, you've yeah. got to be wild and crazy. So people are talking about it the next day, and I think 
That is what our MSNBC, our CNN, our Fox News has realized. Wow, that's what gets the ratings. Mm -hmm. So I can go get the advertisers. Mm -hmm. So let's go out and be wild and crazy. And I think people are finally, hopefully, starting to burn out on that. Because, look, we've, we've got a debt crisis in D.C. right now. We've, you know, we've got finally Speaker McCarthy and, and President Biden, or at least their people are talking, but people, people want government to work for them. You know, we are so busy now with listening to what the far left and what the far right want when, you know, there's that 70% of us in the middle. We just, we don't want there to be a debt crisis. I think the number is closer to 40% because I think. I'm going to get this number wrong, so bear with me, and I'm not trying to take, but this is the lowest amount of people in the country that have been registered either as a Republican or a Democrat, and the number is very similar. Yes. I want to say it's around 29 to 30% for both parties. The largest non-party right now is independent because people are getting fed up. But I will argue, too, at the same time, there are some people who are living in blue districts who are only registered Democrats so they can vote in their local elections, just like there's probably a lot of people in St. John's County who are probably mm-hmm. moderates or independents, but they're registered Republicans so, so vote they can in the vote. local election. And so mm-hmm. I think it's a bigger number than that 40% mm-hmm. who, who want things done. They you know want to make sure that their kids' schools' uh, buildings are in fine proper order that you know that their bank deposits are yeah. going to be there the next day mm-hmm. and and this bickering back and forth you know talking to the left talking to the right people want to get work done and i think they are hopefully tired of people just going on tv and arguing and talking over each other and nothing gets done and things just get worse so we put it off to the final hour where perhaps we get the worst deal we possibly could or we kick the can for another four months. Which is what we're going to do. Which is probably... I, I would almost be willing to bet worst deal ever and kick the can. I, I will one-up yours by also you yes. right both times. Well, I, It's I not an either-or, it's an and. I want them to mint the trillion-dollar coin and just see what happens there. Let Biden hand that in and they see They did. What it happens. was called Bitcoin. That's true. It's not worth <laughs> as much today. It's true. It's so true. So going back to your um, your viral moment kind of discussion, like Trump largely got elected because he was able to leverage Twitter and um, play the media like a fiddle so that he could have viral moments. He largely got elected because he had so much free press because everything he tweeted was a headline. It was a crisis. It was it was a discussion. Can he win without Twitter? I don't know if he can. The the world has changed so much. Look, I I remember the Halloween of that year. Um, I'll go back and and talk about Steve Shale again. He mm-hmm. was telling the Hillary Clinton people they had a problem along I four, which really, in a lot of ways, I four represents. We've had so many people from Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana move to Florida. They're mm-hmm. now living on I four. That really. Those people living on I-4 are a microcosm of what is going on in some of those swing states in the Midwest. And he told the Hillary campaign, you got a problem because the I-4 people are not listening to what you're saying. And if they're not listening, that means the people back home aren't listening. Mm -hmm. And that Halloween, which was obviously whatever, seven days before, the amount of kids who came to my door with Trump. Mm-hmm. Mask. Mm-hmm. It, 
there was no doubt in my mind it was over then. Like, he had captured that whole whatever that is. The zeitgeist. Uh, and the carnival, he was all in it, and everybody was all in They wanted to be a part of the show. So the Halloween masks have actually predicted the winner for decades. Until. And so I checked in 2020, and Trump masks were outselling Biden masks, and then we got the result that we got. It was just one of the multitude of things that were predicting a Trump victory in 2020 that turned out to not work out. So let me go back, and those of you that, are, that listen all the time, you you owe me a drink for this. I read the book about the Hillary Clinton campaign by the uh, two embedded reporters. Right? Okay. I do research. It was painful, but I read it. The best part of that book was the part where they called Steve Shale at about 8.30 on election night. And they said, look, we're outperforming Obama in uh, Miami-Dade and Broward and Palm Beach. And he said, you're getting killed in Polk County and Pasco County. And those are, if those voters are right. new voters that just resettled from the Midwest and their families in the Midwest are voting this way, your problem's not Florida. Your problem is in the Midwest. He was 100% right. Yep, and nobody listened to and him. And he called him. He called it at 8.30 or 9.30 at yep. night and told yep. him, here's your problem. And that's exactly where they lost. Yep. I give our fellow St. Augustinian great, great credit for that. He's not really from St. Augustine. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually from Illinois. He did live here a he while. He did live here a little while. A little and, while. And he worked for uh, uh, Doug Wiles. Doug Wiles, leader Wiles, who yeah. was the leader of the party. Um, at that time, but yes, Steve knew what he was talking about. Yeah, that, that's for sure. He was right. I might disagree with him on a lot of things, but he was right about that. Right. And you yes. know, it's the only shining moment of an entire book. I didn't. I don't think I read the book. You're not I missing remember, anything. I, I just gave you the highlight. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. I gave Fair you the whole thing. You know, you watch a preview and you go, "I've seen that movie." Yes. You've seen the movie. Gotcha. I got you. Gotcha. Don't buy the book. Awesome. <laughs> go do something more exciting. Steve Show probably owes us a couple dollars for. The amount of time we've said his name tonight. At least. <laughs> and he can afford it. He can afford it. He's getting paid big money by Bernie Sanders. And Biden. <laughs> Biden. I don't think he's a Bernie know, Sanders fan. He's probably not. Probably not. I'm just kidding. All right. I have another. Um, this is kind of a, uh, a different kind of take on I don't know if you guys saw what Hillary Clinton said. But Hillary Clinton dovetailed in on the NAACP yesterday saying it's unsafe to be in Florida. She should know. Well, hang on. I originally read it as Hillary said it's unsafe, and I thought she was talking about Benghazi. I thought it was being her friend. He <laughs> said, "No, no, no. She's not worried about the military. She's, you know, it's." So it wasn't Benghazi. It was Florida, but it was also multi-million-dollar corporations. She got totally ripped up. She eventually turned the response button off, where people could not reply back to her tweet. She got ratioed. Oh, it was unbelievable some of the stuff that people were coming up with, right? I mean, Kristen Pershaw, who's one of the best, right, is hers was just the crying emoji. Oh, multi, multi million, multi billion dollar companies and just crying, right? It was just for her to be that tone deaf over so many years in politics is why she lost the election to Trump. She had no connection to the common person. Yes, which is, but she does have hot sauce in her bag, which is amazing yeah. because her husband was probably one of the best mm-hmm. at retail politics. Yeah. Like if you met Bill Clinton, you would leave thinking he's my new best friend. He knows, you know, I, I think he was very good at it. I have not met President Trump, but I'm going to guess President Trump was probably the same way from the stories I hear mm-hmm. that. He listens to you. He wants to know how your mom's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he asks questions, and you feel I've got a connection with this guy, and and that's what 
That's why candidates matter. That's why candidates matter. Well, here's the the funny you talk about that. All right, so I'll go all the way back to Newt Gingrich engineers the greatest House victory Republicans have seen in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then goes and sits down at the press conference. I think it was in New Hampshire. I could be wrong. Somewhere in New England. And Bill Clinton charmed the pants off of him. He had Gingrich ad- agreeing to everything before they left that. And his people on the base were like, we didn't send you there to agree with him. We sent you there to stop some of the stuff right. he was doing. It took you 35 minutes to go, oh, we'll get whatever the president wants done, done. Candidates still matter. Look, I, like, look, holy cow. I, I think that's what we saw in Jacksonville. Candidates still matter. You know, that, that retail being able to go out and have a conversation with people yeah. and so that they feel like their voice is being heard. Yep. It, those things matter, no matter what. Because I think you know Jacksonville ended up being Repu- uh, a very Republican um, environment, vote mm-hmm. wise. But a Democrat still won. And, yes, and, you know persuasion matters. Candidates matter. Well, I think the Republican primary really hurt Daniel Davis. There was not a positive ad in the Republican primary. You had weeks of negative stuff. I, but I, I don't think that's what hurt Dan Davis. And 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 I will say. I worked certainly with with Representative Davis when he was in the House Mm -hmm. in Tallahassee. Um, Like many others, I helped build houses with him for Habitat for Humanity. That was very important to him. He raised money for great causes. Uh, He helped to push through um, some some compassion bills, we will say, through the city council in Jacksonville that – some of the same things that Governor DeSantis is is outlawing now, prohibiting now. Dan Davis backed those back then. He he could he understood. I think his constituents. I think his problem was he listened to a consultant who did not allow Dan Davis to be himself. Mm-hmm. You know when you Jacksonville has always been seen itself as when you've got a Republican person running for mayor, they've always got Democrats backing them, mm-hmm. endorsing former Democratic leaders. Alvin Brown had Republican leaders. All the Republican Lenny Curry had Democrats. I think he had maybe Alvin Brown at one point too. Endorse him. There's always been those cross-pollination of endorsements. Donna Deacon went out and got uh, endorsement of former Republican uh, mayors. Dan Davis did not. He, mm-hmm. he stood his ground and tried to be, you know, kind of more hard right than I think Dan Davis really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a gamble his consultant made, and it, it just didn't pan out in Jacksonville. And, you know, I, I think one of the last uh, ads I saw, they were attacking attacking Donna Deegan's um, cancer foundation. And you, you just can't do that if you're running for mayor. I mean, no. whatever you think of Donna Deegan's politics, no. No. the woman has spent the last 30 years of her life three times fighting cancer yeah. and raising all that money for cancer awareness. Everybody knows about the Donna Foundation and, and, and the, the marathon and all that. It's, uh, the real Dan Davis does not attack that. He supports mm-hmm. things like that. And, and we all know that. Unfortunately, we did not get to hear that voice. Yeah, and you hear that a lot from... <clears throat> well, I you hear that from people who say, "Well, I lost an election, or so and so lost an election because they weren't themselves, right? They they, right. they listened to a consultant yes. and they didn't say." And the one thing yes. you say about Donald Trump is he didn't listen to a single consultant. Exactly. <laughs> there were consultants screaming yes. at him, "Do not say that yes. at the next." I am saying that at the yes. next thing. I think Trump went into the meeting with his consultants and said, "Tell me what not to say." 
wrote it all down and went out right. and said it at yes. the next debate. He's oh. the antithesis of Governor Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ronald Reagan very famously did that. He was advised to not use the Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall line mm-hmm. and they removed it from the speech and he kept no I think to the point that it was completely eliminated from the speech and he wrote it back in yes. and so let Reagan be Reagan yeah was, was what they said and then yep. let Trump be Trump yes yeah right it's, it's um about six or seven minutes left uh DeSantis declares anybody else that you, is everybody in the race and I also you mentioned Chris Christie earlier Chris Christie's another one of those ones that's toast. I know you're not a fan. Toast. I still think Chris Christie could find a path. I'm going to tell you, I think uh, Chris Christie was the informant inside the Donald Trump campaign. It, that's that's and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and all Chris Christie has to do is come on the show. He's been invited for years <laughs> to tell me I'm wrong. I'll apologize <laughs> right to him, right? But he's involved in Bridgegate. He drops out of the race, endorses Trump. All of a sudden, the FBI is keeping an eye on Trump, shall we say. And nothing happens to Chris Christie in Bridgegate. Well, uh, and he used to work for the DOJ and the FBI and all those different people. So for me, there's just a lot of dots that you could connect. They might all be the wrong dots connected in the wrong way, <laughs> but there's dots there. You are currently the crazy man in front of the bulletin board with all the red <laughs> yarns exactly. crossing. Sadly, the thing I remember most about Chris Christie is at some point... Each week? The hug? You know, Donald Trump <laughs> sent him out to give him a Big Mac and a Coke. And Chris Christie went, ran across the street to get Donald Trump uh, McDonald's. Which, look, I was an aide, and I get it. You do, but you're the governor of New Jersey. Yeah, okay. yeah. you have some stature. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be the one walking through the drive-through. Yeah, getting McDonald's. So <laughs> I don't yes. see anyone my age or younger voting for Chris Christie or being excited I, about Chris Christie. Which Chris Christie's been out of the spotlight for a very long time. Yes. You said two years is yes. too long for Agreed. DeSantis, Agreed. and. I'm not buying Chris Christie. They're different in that, uh, again, Chris Christie is more of a moderate type of Republican, whereas Governor DeSantis is probably more, certainly further to the right. And and the windows and the voters in those are different. And certainly my guess is, is if Christie survives and goes all the way through, you'll be the first one to vote for Christie. So, like, I always tell people to slow down before mm-hmm. you say you're not going to vote for somebody because it's before a bold you know man it, right there. You are <laughs> that is a bold man. Hand. I just threw up. <laughs> I'm glad the camera was on me. <laughs> it wasn't. I, I just Everyone saw I, you die inside. I, I, I was just like, no, please don't say that, Kevin. I, I just don't think he has a chance because I think he's he had some viral moments that were a couple years before Trump crushed him on the debate stage. Absolutely. I think DeSantis would crush him on the debate stage. I don't know about that. I I, I think he would. Yeah, I think DeSantis 100% would. I know DeSantis' communication team will definitely crush it. Yes, <laughs> communication team. Uh, they've yeah, they're the awesome. They're stellar. Yes. Yes. They fire back. It's a rapid fire back, and it's usually funny. Right, there's, there, it's not a mean spirited. It, it's, it's mm-hmm. funny. Can I do one last thing? Yes, you may. I am part of a big uh, NASCAR um, fantasy league, and mm-hmm. I told them that I was going to announce my pick for this coming week's race on your show. I want you to thank you for waiting to the very end to do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just want to let them all know that yes. I'm picking Tyler Reddick to win the uh, race in Charlotte. Tyler Reddick. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's how got. how have you? What's your percentage? Uh, correct? I won the league last year. Okay. This year I'm in dead last place. So okay. take that. What you will. 
But you will. It's not. It's kind of like politics. Some year you go, yeah. that guy's going to win, yes. and everyone says you're nuts, and he wins. Yes. And some year you say that guy's going to win, and they go, I told you he wouldn't win. Yeah, I've got no chance now. I'm so far behind. Even though NASCAR goes all the way until December or whenever, yeah, I don't think there's any chance I can come back and win. Um, Less than a Chris Christie chance. Exactly. Less, <laughs> Chris Christie. exactly. <laughs> you got to quit thinking Pence to win these races. Uh, not Pence. You're right. Yes. Never Pence. Not even in the race. Never Pence. <laughs> Never, Never Pence. Pence. Now. I I think it's it's interesting. I think Nikki Haley had a shot if she had been tougher at the UN. Right? We we joked one day if she had had a whiteboard with all the money the U.S. gave to different people, and every time they stood up and said something derogatory, she just stood up and wiped the dollar amount off. We would be calling her Madam President right now. I, I I I still think Tim Scott has a message. I think he's he's certainly got. There's the environment out there for him. I think if if he can get his problem, I think is going to be raising money. In, in coming out of South Carolina. But if he can do that, I, I certainly think that there is a lane for him to run it. Yeah. I like I think it's gonna be very interesting. Absolutely. But I honestly think that ninety percent of the is gonna be Trump and DeSantis and whether or not DeSantis can hold his own, I think DeSantis will if he does, the flavor of the month will be the third place person, not the second place person. Which will be very, very different yes. from the last Republican primary, yes. in which case nobody could withstand the the withering fire of yes. Donald and Trump no for very long. More, it's, some of them only lasted a couple days. Oh, yeah. That, flash in the pan yes. was a long time. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> that was a flash in the pan. Exactly that, right. was, that, that lasted so much longer yes. than, than Ben Carson. And I love Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson. I love him. It kills me to say that. He's a brilliant man. All right. You're going to come back? Anytime. I, I love coming here. And, and <laughs> I think this is the first time we've met. I think so. I think it is. It's nice to meet you. You should uh, have a uh, trivia contest to see what political thing Amanda and I uh, <laughs> we can do it on. So we and can give away a prize. <laughs> <laughs> leave any wine yeah. from last night? There was no excellent. <laughs> I gave that to Amanda and Louis for their yeah. date night. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll bring you back for trivia, okay. and I'll bring. Okay. I'll, I'll do. I will warn you. I'll do research on you and bring trivia from oh, yeah. your life. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> I don't have a Facebook account and never have, so you can't go there. I'm just going to call Beth. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and your dad. And I'll just dad call your dad. Know. My dad will know and he'll spill the beans. Yes, he will. <laughs> no problem there. Yes, he will. Great, guys. Uh, all right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank right. you for having yep. me. Yep. St. Augustine this evening. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Amanda will not be here. Blake will be producing. And Troy Blevins is stopping by. Good night, Bye, guys. Rosalie.